A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rule Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rilkes, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. Live from Montreal, Canada, we um, have in our little uh, live podcast studio at the EDC Level 3, cohort number 45, we have Leah Adams. Welcome, Leah. Hello. And Leah is from PRI Productions in Jacksonville, Florida, and she is a participant in our cohort, um, and um, we are... Um, uh, hosted by Concordia University. Um, it's the third time in a row that we are visiting Concordia University and the, the fourth time in Canada where we do the EDC Level 3 program. And as always, it's an engaging class we had. Um, and um, we have actually um, invited Leah here in the studio to talk about her experience as a um, cohort participant but also as um, the event owner, because her project won in the project pitch. So um, her um, uh, project actually was, is something we work on in, in this day and tomorrow to actually come to a to design and to practice um, the methodology on her project. Um, can we uh, go back and rewind a little bit, Leah, and um, um, can you, enlighten us how you first came across the event canvas and, and, and the methodology and the program? Yeah, absolutely. So I have um, been in the industry for uh, about a decade and a half. Um, so I've been familiar with various certifications across the board, um, have never particularly taken any myself. Um, but throughout the last couple of conferences that I've gone to, I've seen these letters after people's names for quite a while. And I went to a conference uh, this past spring and actually sat in on a session with one of your certified designers. And the way he spoke about um, the way his team approaches events was really appealing to me. And when I did some research, I realized that what he was talking about was the event canvas. Um, so I dove in and did more research and I realized that it was something that was you know, quite out of left field and very different from anything you see typically in the event industry. You know, most certifications just tell you how to do your job. Um, and I think this is one that, that really approaches it from the client perspective. Um, and I was looking particularly for something that I could do that would make a difference for me in the future rather than just throw some extra letters after my name. Um, and I thought this could be really life-changing for our company. Um, we are approaching a p potential restructure and since COVID we have done a lot of restructuring already. So when I was looking at how to train our staff and train our teams, this one was just very appealing as a new direction to take it creatively. So how did you and your company do that in the past? or? How do you currently do that? Yeah, so right now, um, most of our staff, we look for them to either come in with some sort of experience in the event industry, or if they don't and they're new, um, we have almost like a 
it's not quite a training program, but they come in at a lower level. They work as an assistant for a higher level producer for a given time until we feel like they're comfortable enough to take on their own clients. And they kind of learn the structure of our various uh, senior level producers. Each person has a different method on how they approach events. Some people are very logistical, some are very design heavy, and it's really up to them to kind of find out what's comfortable for them. So there is no norm across our company. Um, and some never, you know, go further than, than the lower levels. Some kind of are static and others move on elsewhere. Um, so the training is just pretty fundamental of just, do you know how to put an event together? Let's think in a bigger picture to get more creative. So how do you normally engage with clients? How does it work um, uh, in your practice? Yep, it, it varies depending on the client. For those that we've had for a very long time, um, we definitely start on the ground very early and kind of planning the event from the whole. But the majority of our clients come in with a framework for the event already in place. It's something that are they either do every year and they're just looking for new, f creative, fresh ideas on how to present it to the public. Or they're coming to us saying, I've never done this and we want to do a festival, we want to do this. Do you have some ideas? Um, or it'll be something where we are actually a partner and we're, we're co hosting the event with them. But for the most part, um, most of our clients come to us just looking for the creativity or the help on the management side. Mm -hmm. And why the necessity to, to attend um, a course like this? I think for myself personally, um, well, number one, I wanted to grow my knowledge and my skill set, but I am relatively new to the leadership team at our company. And I personally oversee five departments. And so, you know, you can always learn how to be better at your job and be a better manager. And I like to think I'm a pretty good manager, but everybody learns differently. And I think I need to find a way to take what's in my head and teach other people how to approach event design and approach, you know, managing events without telling them how I would do it. Um, so I think this course to learn was really intriguing to me because it puts more of a framework but allows people to make their own decisions within that framework and it really gave me a guideline on how I can really contribute to my company in a learning aspect and something that I could potentially promote for those that come and join us later. Can you um, share your first experiences uh, in this program with the audience? So what is what was the program like? Um, how did you like it so far? Yeah, so so far it's been fantastic, and um, it has been much more pleasant than I imagined. Um, I am someone I joked about this on day one that the idea of walking into a room full of people I don't know is my worst nightmare. <laughs> it makes me think that I'm probably gonna have panic attacks and break out in hives. So in preparation for this, I knew that I was going to be very uncomfortable. Um, so I tried to do a little bit of, you know, the pre-reading and reading the books so that I would be able to focus a little bit more and not have my brain going a million miles an hour. But I think um, what was especially appealing to me about it is because it's such a small group. Um, you know, we're 14 people today. It's very intimate. So I knew that it would be easier for me to personally overcome my fears and I could get comfortable with people right away, which I did. Uh, the icebreakers were very enjoyable because they forced us to really think deeper than just getting to know someone. You learn about them in both a work sense and a personal sense, and I think it really lightened the mood very easy, and it made a quick connection, even though it took a couple hours to do the icebreakers. Um, I think it really facilitated in allowing us to just dive in and get right into the work, work mode without having to think of all of these other preconceived notions of things that were going on. Thank you for sharing that. 
Um, and now you also have um, used the methodology twice, right? So one for a what we call a dry run exercise, mm -hmm. where we actually play around with the methodology um, using a use case called the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games. Uh, and today we actually um, applied our methodology to um, the 30-year anniversary of your own organization's mm -hmm. PRI Productions. Um, can you um, describe for the audience how that went, right? So everybody did a pitch, and from there on, what happened? Yeah, so we each came up with an idea for our concept and pitched um, what our event would be. Everybody did a little quiet, silent vote to decide, and then we got to learn you know, who won, which in this case was me. Um, and we started from scratch with the methodology that we'd already learned. And I think for me personally, what was really interesting in it is that the first go-round, you were learning the steps without necessarily knowing what the goal was. And so then once you got through the first canvas, for instance, and you learned the, what the actual goal was when you come to apply it for your own, you can really start with the whole framework and say, okay, now we know what the what the end game is and we're not just learning the process. You can reframe your thinking and reframe the way you approach the project um, knowing more the second time. So that was a little jarring at first because you're like, you know, the first time you're like, oh, I got this. And then they throw another wrench. You're like, oh, that's not, that's not what I thought it was. So the second time around, it's been, um, it's been fun because you get to kind of be more methodical about it and you get to think through things a lot more. Um, but for me personally, being on both sides of the fence, it's been hard to take the hat off and decide, you know, how to think about it in one way versus the other as an owner versus yeah, a participator. <clears throat> so, um, that is one of the things um, which always uh, happens in every, every program. Um, we, in our EDC Love Tree programs, uh, maybe for the audience, um, to make that clear, is that one of the things we ask from every participant is to uh, pitch a project, a pitch a project which they'd like to work on, um, and to pitch that um, to, the, to the rest of, their, of the group. And the best project, or the best pitched project, or the, most, the, the, the project with the most votes, I should say, uh, wins. And that means that the that project owner is going home with a fully designed program. Um, so there's a lot at stake. There's mm -hmm. a lot of consultancy power you get for free in these kinds of programs. And there's a lot of insights. However, for the one who is winning the pitch, the learning is a little bit different because mm -hmm. um, you're in a squeeze, right? So uh, the learning and allowing allowing new ideas to come to, to life, to see the methodology work in in a project, but now it's your project, right? So it's, it's so you're doing two things at the same time, and it's hard for you to learn. So, um, how can you describe how that felt? Yeah, and I think it, there's another layer for it as well. You know, I would feel that in a lot of cases, the people that are pitching projects, they're pitching it as the event designer, and ultimately the stakeholders are all disconnected from them. So I think from my perspective, it's a little bit different because I know that ultimately the design team that will eventually put this project together, they are all stakeholders themselves. And we are trying to pitch to a main stakeholder. I'm also a stakeholder when we get down to the real event. So it's it's really an interesting perspective because I'm involved in the planning process and the design process, but I'm also one of the people I'm designing for. Um, so going through the canvas, um, I am mentally thinking about it from both sides, but I'm knowing that the people that are in the room going through the exercise with me, they're thinking about it as if they're just the planning team. 
and it's um, you know then they don't know what they don't know they don't know the actual end client but I do so it's been really interesting because I have more perspective but I have more to lose as well because I know that when I go home I may have come up with this amazing canvas here and this amazing structure but when I have to go replicate it and redo it with my own design team who are the stakeholders it's probably going to be completely different so I'm having to remind myself to focus on the process and to take myself out of it because I, I get to do it all over again wearing truly both hats later. So that's been interesting. Um, anything you would like to share about this program for people who are listening and say like, hey, that, is a, that sounds something like something interesting. Um, anything you would like to yeah, share? Yeah, I think f one of the things I've really come to notice just in even the half a day that we worked today is that, um, and you kind of, one of the participants made a point to this earlier, is that this is a method that is very different from the way the current industry operates and the way most clients operate. And it can be really exciting and invigorating to say like, I have this new method, but then to go home and turn around and pitch that to people who have no idea what you're doing, I can already see where it could become difficult. Um, but changes don't happen overnight. And you said earlier, you know, with the blue ocean strategy as an example, it takes time. And so if slowly we get more people on board with this process, eventually it will become more recognizable. And even if you're not necessarily taking the literal canvas and the literal format to every client, you can use it in the back end and use that to voice the way that you present things, even if you're not showing them the canvas itself. So, um, I think for me personally, I'm having to constantly remind myself every minute while we're in there that knowing especially the team I work with back home, how am I going to take this and formulate it into my everyday, if, even if the people I work with aren't using this language, doesn't mean it can't be used. Um, so it's so far out there in a good way um, that it'll be really interesting to see, you know, in a year or two, how, how people communicate in this way. I think that is, <coughs> What, what is um, crucial to success is that you, um, I think there's two things. Um, first of all, um, we don't sell a process, right? So we don't sell a process to a client um, because clients are most of the time not interested in the process. They want ideas. They want ideas <laughs> and outcomes, right? Um, and the other thing is it might not just be for everyone, right? So um, some clients you're working with probably a long time, um, not everybody is into this and you have to find the clients who are right mm -hmm. so and that is the low-hanging fruit to to look at like okay who, who is really in for this and who mm -hmm. is in for something special or who has is at a at crossroads where you feel like okay we have to do something we have to invest something in order to get something else out of mm -hmm. this because um it's crucial for our success so um that is what i what i would like to and uh, to convey to also to to the to the audience is like um, and this might not be for everyone, uh, at least now. Uh, we hope in a few years' time, mm -hmm. um, people will be more ready for, ready to do that. Anyway, um, last question: um, How would you um, approach a client with this kind of methodology? How would you? What what kind of conversation would you would you choose to uh, to have? Yeah, I I've foresee applying it in two different ways with existing clients that we're doing repeat events, for instance. Um, I think I will approach it in more of a debrief and say, 
this event has worked really well, but I have some ideas for the next go around, especially I have a lot of clients who we have as a company have a lot of clients who their, their team is changing and it's new faces and new people. And so I think we can really position ourselves, you know, once I train people on this, that we have something you've never heard of you've never done this event before, but we have, and we have a new method that I think could be really worthwhile. Can we just talk about it? But if it's for brand new clients, I think this is what could be the winning element to get us to win those bids is that we're not just coming up with a really unique design plan for you. Even if it's an RFP that has really stringent, you know, regulations on what they're asking for, we can really come and say, we've come up with this really cool design using this method. So we've thought beyond just how it looks and how people are going to walk into the room. We've really created an entire strategy for you. So I think it will honestly encourage them to return. Mm -hmm. So maybe we aren't pitching them on the concept, but if we say the pitch we're giving you was used with this method, then they might say, oh, that's unique. And when it's successful, they'll come back and say, can you show me the whole thing? And this is how you build long-term relationships, I think, and also how you potentially in the future avoid pitches mm-hmm. uh, or, or um, uh, responding to briefings, mm-hmm. because ultimately you have to find um, motive to engage them in a long-term conversation mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think that's that's absolutely right so uh, that would be my approach too to to think about like how can we win them in the long term and invest mm-hmm. a little in the, in the in the in the short term yep I, th- I think I also am considering even now my brain is going thinking about the current clients we have and not even just about which client is receptive to this but what's the scale of the event because not every event is going to need this but if we have those events that are large enough to require this then we should be aiming to use it for that client and, and eventually sell them on that because the size of their event would benefit from this. Nice. Thank you, Leah. You're welcome. This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage. stage.